welcome to the ninth episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence. We are Angie Alexander and Charlie Jett. We're two certified positive intelligence coaches whose clients include both individuals and businesses. In the last episode, certified positive intelligence coach Taryn Laxo and Charlie discussed one of the saboteurs, the avoider. In this episode, Charlie and I will feature another saboteur, the pleaser. Oh, the pleaser. What a wicked, wicked saboteur. You know, the pleaser uh, indirectly tries to gain our acceptance and affection by helping and pleasing and rescuing and flattering others. But at the same time, they, they tend to lose sights of their own needs and become can become quite resentful uh, as a result. You know, the, the, the pleaser tries to earn attention and acceptance of, you know, through helping others, whether they need it or not. Uh, and it's an indirect attempt to have their own emotional needs met. And I think it's probably fed by a couple of original assumptions that someone picks up in childhood and that I must put others' needs ahead of my own, or I must give love and affection to get any, anything back. I, got, I have to earn it, and I'm simply not worthy of it. Yeah, absolutely, Charlie. And you know what? You can tell if someone has the pleaser saboteur by the thoughts that they have. Some of the things that you might hear them say is, you know, to be a good person, I need to put others' needs ahead of my own. Um, you know, sometimes it really bothers me when people don't notice or care about what I've done for them they seem to be really selfish and ungrateful. Um, sometimes I feel like I give away too much and I don't think of myself enough. But you know what? I can make anyone like me. This is the pleaser's voice, right? And really, if I don't rescue people, who, who will? Yeah, those are certainly some characteristics and so forth and thoughts. But, but you know, not all is negative, uh, as with some of the other saboteurs. People with the pleasers do have their strengths. You know, you know they have lots of empathy, uh, they, they're loving and giving, you know, they, they tend to tune into others' feelings and needs. They always have their antenna out about how others are, how others are feeling, and they're very emotionally self-aware, and they have a potential for high emotional intelligence. But as we mentioned earlier, you know, people with the pleaser saboteur take it to extreme. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you don't want to lose sight of the strengths that we have, um, those that have the pleaser. But as you know, the ultimate goal of positive intelligence is to regulate the imbalance between the left and the right brain, or really to put it simply, we wanna turn down those voices that are coming from our left brain, the saboteurs, and we wanna turn up the volume of the voices in our right brain. So let's meet the pleaser. Let's meet the pleaser. So Angie, how, how would you say individuals know when their pleaser has shown up? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think I, full disclosure, um, the pleaser is pretty high in my profile. So I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty familiar with that, with that particular saboteur. And for me, and I, and I see it in others as well around me, but I think when the pleaser is starting to show up, it's when you're, you're not enjoying doing things for people for the sake of, of just doing it. You, uh, you start to question, you know, why aren't they doing more for me? Why don't they recognize why, you know? I, I find I've said to myself, why do I have to pay for a coach when I just give all of this away for other people and help them? So it's really starting, the resentment is really starting to show up. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have the 
same uh, feeling sometimes. When, when my pleaser starts to show up in full disclosure with me, the pleaser is one of my major ones too. Mm -hmm. I always want to make people like me. Yeah. And it tends, me, tends to make me give too much, you know, and not think that I'm worthy of compensation for what I've done. Yes. And uh, that, that just doesn't work. You, you, know, you can't pay the bills if you do that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> now, what does the pleaser surface in people and why? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think, you know, we, 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 we don't want to lose sight of the fact that we have strengths that this, the pleaser is overplaying. But I think what it surfaces is this, this underlying need to be um, loved by other people, this seeking of attention or recognition and validation, um, which is external. We, you know, we, we we're looking for it and it's, it's constant. And it's, if, if somebody doesn't say they like me, or if they don't recognize it, then I'm not, I'm not worthy of, of the love. Um, and so I, you know, it's, it's, it just surfaces this sort of overwhelming need to feel loved by, by others. And as far as why, I mean, you mentioned it in the, when we talked about the description at the beginning, um, you know, I think a lot of times we're certainly born with a certain innate, um, you know, the, the saboteurs are probably pre-wired to a certain extent. Um, but in, if you grew up in a household where that was continued to be, you know, showing love for each other and doing things for each other, if you had a parent who, um, you know, who, who did a lot, and that was really how you, how you love each other is by doing things for each other, and then you get love, or maybe, maybe I can get, you know, maybe folks have not feeling like they're getting a lot of love, but if they do things for people, then, then it starts to show up, I get recognition, so that's, that must be how people love me, so I think that's uh, sometimes why it might start to show up for folks. Yeah, you know, I've thought about where the pleaser comes from, and it seems to me like, uh, like with other saboteurs, um, they're developed in an early childhood experience where they need to, to do things in order to survive. They, they need to uh, make people happy or meet, need, to be, need to be a peacemaker of some sort in a, in a family that might have problems. You know, and in, in, with that regard, uh, saboteurs are always telling lies and uh, what are some of the the biggest lies that that you think pleasers tell people or maybe what are some of the biggest lies that your the pleaser tells you yeah that's such a great question and they're so sneaky that way because i, I the, those lies um are built off of again off those strengths and they're you know telling they justify their existence through those lies right so oh yeah um it's this idea of um, the pleaser is going to be saying, you know, you, I'm, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this because I'm being selfless and I'm helping other people. And I don't really expect anything in return. Um, and you know what? The world will be a, a better place if we all did this. Why doesn't everyone else do this? It, it, it would be so much better. So it's really, it's kind of these sneaky voices that we're hearing and the, and the lies that justify why we continue to go out and do things for people. Yeah, they sure do. And I, I can sure relate to that. Uh, I don't do this for myself. You know, I help others and I don't expect anything in return. Oh, the heck, yeah. I don't expect something in return. That's right. You, know, you expect love and affection and you wish you could get some sort of compensation or something. But, uh, yeah. you yeah. know, the, your pleaser <laughs> generally causes you to punish yourself. You That's know? right. That's and you, right. Would, you know, that, that, that gets to me, uh, gets to be to the question, you know, like when this happens, uh, Angie, what do you think the cost is to, to people when they don't turn down the volume of that pleaser? 
the cost yeah. to themselves and, and the cost to others. Others for sure. You know, um, as a, as a, as a woman and as a mom, I think, um, you know, we often see the impact of the pleaser showing up in our, our lack of, of, taking care of ourselves. We, um, you know, look after other people's needs before our own, you know, whether it's the kids or the business or aging parents or all the people around you that need your help. And if I didn't do all of these things for other people, well, nobody else would. And then what happens is we start to lose sight of our own needs and our own cup gets empty and we can't, you know, at the end of the day, we, we end up, you know, burning out or, um, becoming, um, you know, again, resentful for that. And, and it's this whole idea of, you know, putting the, the oxygen mask on first. If I don't take care of myself, I actually can't take care of others as well as I would like to. But um, I, I go into this spiral of that. But, you know, another interesting thing, the impact it can have on people, and, and this was something I, I didn't think about much myself until we, this program, and, and I see it in others, is we don't empower others to be able to do uh, to, to do the work. We do things for them because we think we're helping them or we're, we're rescuing them. But then they don't actually learn how to do things for themselves because you're doing it for them all the time. Um, so you want, you know, you, I think you, it's easier to see with kids, like we want kids to become independent, but others around us too, if we're always helping them and then suddenly they're coming to you all the time and you get resentful of that because they're coming to you for help all the time. Um, but you've kind of set that into motion because you've let your pleaser take take control of that situation and, um, and so that you could end up with more people but you could also drive people away because you're stepping in and trying to rescue them when they didn't actually ask for that help they they didn't ask you to, to come and help them but you're helping them anyways so um, you know there's just a lot that can happen and it it feels unusual because we're we're just trying to help like what you know <laughs> that's all I'm trying to do is help you think but then you're also getting annoyed because you're not getting that reciprocating um, coming back at you so yeah. yeah you know i think here's something weird that i it just came to mind about pleasers and it certainly happens to me is is you know whenever i whenever somebody does something for me like provides a service or something like that i feel honored to be able to pay for that mm. now, i don't think that they're giving it to me for nothing and and that they're they're giving it to me because they want want them to uh, want to make me like them and that sort of stuff so it's the pleaser hits you on both ends yeah, absolutely yeah and you just made yeah. me think of that and that sort of stuff and you know how how does the pleaser get away get in the way of your performance or happiness yeah. i think you touched a little bit on that earlier in your answer yeah i think so i you know i think I, I, again for me where i can see that is you're not you know if you're if you're if your pleaser isn't the one driving and you're really tapped into your strengths your performance, you're in that sort of sense of ease and flow. You're, you're giving and you're getting out of the sheer joy of giving, right? That's, that's the strength of that. But as soon as, as the pleaser starts to jump up and take control, um, it's actually holding you back from potentially doing things because you think, oh, you know, if I, if I do this, what if someone doesn't like me? What yeah. if I, you know, like I'm, I'm worried about somebody um, not liking me or not giving me something. And so there's opportunities there that you might miss out on in terms of, of actually being able to help people or grow in your own, in your own way. Um, you know, and, and, and of course that all just feeds into happiness. If I'm truly doing something for someone because it brings me joy, of course, I'm happy. As soon as it becomes something that I'm doing for a gain, um, and that, it, that will start to play into my, 
negative emotions and drive me, um, you know, potentially into like, we, we, nobody likes to feel resentful. So that sense of resentment and frustration starts to come up and it just starts to play with our, our true inner happiness, I think. So. That's for sure. You know, and when, when you, uh, when your pleaser gets in your way or when you talk to some clients and that sort of thing about, about when the pleaser rears its ugly voice, what are some of the ways that you can suggest that they, they turn down that, the volume of that voice? Yeah, it's such a, it's such a great question because it's, you know, the first thing is just knowing it's happening. Cause I think we, we talked about how sneaky the voices are, but um, you know, it, it really is the, this idea of self-love. Why am I seeking? I, what is it that I'm really trying to seek from others? Why do I need validation from others? Why can't I um, just truly be happy and love myself and do things for me um, and recognize that? And, you know, I, a lot of times we've, I think we've heard that. I've certainly heard that mantra over and over again as a working mom, um, but it doesn't always sink in. It's, it's just, this is what you should be doing. And again, that's voices of the saboteur. Well, you should do this and you should do that. And for me, it's been a lot of like just acknowledging the voices that are telling me that and also acknowledge the strength that I have of, of that it's okay to look after people. It's actually a beautiful thing. And the empathy that I have for others is a beautiful thing and I should continue to do that. But I need to um, turn down the, the, the pleaser voice and I can do that by really having empathy for myself that I, I, I haven't always done. So I think having that empathy for yourself um, and then in order to, to, to a, a huge thing for me was taking that, what I knew I should do, which is like an intellectual, you know, listening to other people say words of affirmation and, you know, put the stickies up on your, on your mirror and tell yourself that you're, you're worthy of love. All of those things make sense intellectually, but my heart wasn't embracing that. I wasn't embodying that. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until I started to, first of all, acknowledge, learn all of this stuff but then actually go into my body and, and do the, the, the reps. I'm sure in your previous podcast, you've talked a lot about PQ reps, but for me, it's just taking the time and doing a little bit of breathing. And, you know, I love the touch reps and feeling, just feeling the weight of my body as I'm sitting in my chair and my feet. And that immediately just starts to make me feel good about myself again and, and shift. And then I can feel, I'm, you know, now I'm at a point where I can actually feel that shift and the energy changes to um, giving to people starts to feel that the joy that comes from that is a much more internal joy than this, like, I must do this, I must do this. It's like you, you described it, Charlie, you said when, when other people, when you pay people for their services, for things that they've done for you, it makes you feel good, right? As a, as a receiver of what people yeah, are getting, yeah. it, it feels good. And that we want to embrace, um, embrace that. So that's, those are a couple of things that, that I do. I think empathy for myself has been a, a really big, um, a big learning um, to, to do that. And, and then also to move into, um, you know, kind of taking in part of taking care of myself is being aware of my own vision and purpose in life. What's really, wh why do I want to give to people? And when I can really focus on, because it just gives me so much joy, it also helps me maybe take away some of the relationships or some of the actions that I'm doing or activities that I'm doing that, that 
that need to say yes to everything that somebody comes at me, I'm more grounded in being able to say, you know what, that I don't have time for that. Um, all of those things that my pleaser would be like, but you know, you want everyone to like you. <laughs> but if it's if it's aligned with what really makes me happy, which is what will ultimately be better for me, my clients, and the world, um, then it's a it's a better place. So I need to really be grounded in what it's this sort of idea of what of the navigate power. What's important to me in the future, looking back, well, helping that person with this particular task isn't aligned with what I'm trying to to do um, in the world. So I think that's a big thing for me also. Well, you know, you hit the nail on the head with, uh, with the power of empathy to have empathy for yourself. That's, that's, that's easier said than done. Yeah, and sure. uh, it's, it's something that's probably one of the hardest powers of positive intelligence to learn mm -hmm. is to have a little empathy for yourself in the way, way coaches describe uh, how you do that is visual, visualize yourself as a child yeah. and how innocent you were at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that you can do to turn this volume down as we, we talk about it in positive intelligence, and you mentioned too uh, a little bit, are these PQ exercises. And basically all they are is little habits that you've formed through practice, through the training and so forth. You've actually constructed new neural pathways that when you do these exercises, automatic things happen. It turns the volume down of your left brain and opens the door for your wiser self from your right brain to yeah. speak to you. Don't yeah. you think that's, uh, that's, that's amazing about positive intelligence? And right. uh, at first you don't think it's gonna work. You know, everybody you, that I've run into when you first try it, you know, you think, well, I don't know if this is gonna work or not, but after you practice it, after you practice it, and after you interrupt yourself on a daily basis uh, at an inconvenient time and do some of these, it becomes a habit and you, it does work. Yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the other, um, you, you got into a little bit of some of the other sage powers or techniques that might help uh, someone to counter the pleaser. And you know, what are some of the others uh, that you could think of possibly? Yeah, so we talked about empathy. Um, the, the second power is explore. And so that is really about becoming curious and understanding what's really going on. And I, I, I find that's for me a nice touch on top of the empathy for self is, you know, really digging into why am I responding that way or, um, you know, not jumping to doing something for people right away just because they asked. You can ask some questions and really dig into what it is that they're looking for. And, and maybe the ask isn't as big or it's different than what it was. Um, next in line is, is what we call innovate. And so there's a real opportunity around innovate, I think, to be creative and, um, you know, like look into, we call it the yes and game. So um, there's some ideas about how, um, how I can support you or what I can do for you. But um, what, what, like, you know, your immediate, your pleaser might be all over that, like, well, you can't do that because nobody's going to love you if you do that, right? Whereas you can dig in and say, well, I, you know, there's some really good ideas in there. Yes, I like that. And let's, you know, move, you know, this brings up some other ideas. So working with yourself, even you can do this by yourself, you can sit down and, and write out a list of things and, and some ideas for how you can look after yourself and still fit in the things that you feel you want to do, um, or working with other people around that. So I think that's, um, that's a really, a really good way to do that. What, what about you? Do you have some thoughts on how you've Well, one of the, that? one of the things, um, 
one of the things that I've always liked about positive intelligence, and it's a simple rule, and it's the old 80-20 rule. You know, it's not, the, not really the old 80-20 rule. It's an 80-20 technique, you might say, that you, you take all of these thoughts that you might have, uh, take about 80% of those thoughts and put them in a fail in, in a pail or in a jar or, you know, somewhere, and then focus on the other 20% of things, these things that are more real and just prioritize the things that you really ought to worry about. And uh, I think that somehow uh, works in, when dealing with, with the pleaser. And, you know, based on our discussion, uh, Angie, we can, we can certainly see how simple the pleaser might seem to be on the surface, but how vastly more difficult and complex this character is as you dig into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It seems, you know, it seems easy. Everyone always says, oh, I'm a people pleaser, right? That's the, the easy uh, answer to that, but uh, it is definitely a lot, a lot more than that. Yeah, okay. Great, Charlie. Well, this has been really fun. I've really enjoyed this discussion and um, it's been fun having a closer look at the pleaser. So thank you. It has been fun, uh, Angie. And before we go, how, you know, describe uh, how someone could get in touch with you and, and specifically what you, you're a great coach. What is your specific niche or your ideal client? Yeah. So, I mean, I have, I'm an engineer by training. And so um, I, I call myself an empathetic engineer because that isn't always the case with engineers. So I'm an empathetic engineer and I, I work with technical, senior technical professionals in the oil and gas business here in Calgary who specifically are looking to redefine what success looks like for them. Are they really happy um, in, in what they're doing? So it's about redefining success and happiness with those uh, professionals in, in oil and gas. Well, how, do, how does someone get in touch with you? I mean, your email address and your, yeah, sure. your landing they, pages and that sort of stuff. I do, I do. The, probably the easiest for, for this audience would be, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. If you just search Angie Alexander PNG, which stands for Professional Engineer, you'll find me on LinkedIn. And my email address is angie.alexander.consulting at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to reach out to me. Well, I'd recommend reaching out to Angie. Uh, because she is a great coach and she knows this positive intelligence subject from head to toe. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you a lot uh, for joining me as my co-host today, Angie. And uh, we look forward in subsequent episodes and taking a deep dive into some of the other accomplished, accomplished saboteurs. You can get in contact with me. You already know how to get in contact with Angie. But with me, it's charliejetcoaching.com or on this podcast, podcastpq.com. I want to thank all of you for joining us and we'll see you soon in our next episode where certified positive intelligent coach Diane Boxma and I will discuss the victim. Mm -hmm.